The Bible Study Podcast, episode 256. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of 2 Samuel with chapter 14. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. As we continue this study of 2 Samuel, you may remember that last week, David had two sons, two sons that was implied by different mothers. One of them lusted after his sister and raped her, and the other one killed his brother or his half-brother. And the one who is still alive at this time is Absalom. And Absalom, we left him living in exile. And the story continues. Joab, son of Zeruiah, knew the king's heart longed for Absalom. So Joab sent someone to Tekoa and had a wise woman brought from there. He said to her, pretend you are in mourning, dress in mourning clothes, and don't use any cosmetic lotions. Act like a woman who has spent many days grieving for the dead. Then go to the king and speak these words to him. And Joab put the words in her mouth. When the woman from Tekoa went to the king, she fell with her face to the ground to pay him honor, and she said, Help me, your majesty. The king asked, What is troubling you? She said, I am a widow. My husband is dead. I, your servant, had two sons. They got into a fight with each other in the field, and no one was there to separate them. One struck the other and killed him. Now the whole clan has risen up against your servant, They say, hand over the one who struck his brother down, so that we may put him to death for the life of his brother whom he killed. Then we will get rid of the heir as well. They would put out the only burning coal I have left, leaving my husband neither name nor descendant on the face of the earth. The king said to the woman, go home, and I will issue an order on your behalf. But the woman from Tekoa said to him, let my lord the king pardon me and my family, and let the king and his throne be without guilt. The king replied, If anyone says anything to you, bring them to me, and they will not bother you again. She said, Then let the Lord King invoke the Lord his God to prevent the avenger of blood from adding to the destruction so that my son will not be destroyed. As surely as the Lord lives, he said, Not one hair of your son's head will fall to the ground. Then the woman said, Let your servant speak a word to my lord the king. Speak, he replied. The woman said, Why then? Have you devised a thing like this against the people of God? When the king says this, does he not convict himself? For the king has not brought back his banished son. Like water spilled on the ground, which cannot be recovered, so we must die. But that is not what God desires. Rather, he devises ways so that a banished person does not remain banished from him. Now I have come to say this to my lord the king, because the people have made me afraid. Your servant thought, I will speak to the king, perhaps he will grant his servant's request. Perhaps the king will agree to deliver his servant from the hand of the man who is trying to cut off both me and my son from God's inheritance. And now your servant says, May the word of my lord the king secure my inheritance, for my lord the king is like an angel of God in discerning good and evil. May the lord your God be with you. Then the king said to the woman, Don't keep from me the answer to what I am going to ask you. Let my lord the king speak, the woman said. The king asked, Isn't the hand of Joab with you in all this? The woman answered, As surely as you live, my lord the king, no one can turn to the right or to the left from anything my lord the king says, 
Yes, it was your servant Joab who instructed me to do this, and who put all these words into the mouth of your servant. Your servant Joab did this to change the present situation. My Lord has wisdom like that of an angel of God. He knows everything that happens in the land. The king said to Joab, Very well, I will do it. Go bring back the young man Absalom. Joab fell on his face in the ground to pay him honor, and he blessed the king. Joab said, Today your servant knows that he has found favor in your eyes, my lord the king, because the king has granted his servant's request. Then Joab went to Geshur and brought Absalom back to Jerusalem. But the king said, He must go to his own house. He must not see my face. So Absalom went to his own house and did not see the face of the king. In all Israel, there was not a man so highly praised for his handsome appearance as Absalom. From the top of his head to the sole of his foot, there was no blemish in him. Whenever he cut the hair of his head, he used to cut his hair once a year because it was too heavy for him. He would weigh it, and its weight was 200 shekels by the royal standard. Three sons and a daughter were born to Absalom. His daughter's name was Tamar, and she became a beautiful woman. Absalom lived two years in Jerusalem without seeing the king's face. Then Absalom sent for Joab in order to send him to the king, but Joab refused to come to him. So he sent a second time, but he refused to come. Then he said to his servants, Look, Joab's field is next to mine, and he has barley there. Go set it on fire. So Absalom's servants set the field on fire. Then Joab did go to Absalom's house, and he said to him, Why have your servants set my field on fire? Absalom said to Joab, Look, I sent word to you and said, Come here so that I can send you to the king to ask, Why have I come from Geshur? It would be better for me if I were still there. Now that I want to see the king's face, and if I am guilty of anything, let him put me to death. So Joab went to the king and told him this. The king summoned Absalom, and he came in and bowed down with his face to the ground before the king. And then the king kissed Absalom. This is, were it the last word in this, a great story of reconciliation. Unfortunately, it's not the last word, and we'll see that as we go on. But we have some people who are interceding for Absalom to the king. And the main reason they're doing it, you'll notice why Joab is doing this, is not for love of Absalom, but for love of David. When we take someone out of our life, when we create a barrier between us and someone else because of what they have done, it brings injury to us as well as them. And so David was in mourning for this son, even as he was in mourning for the son he lost at Absalom's hands. So it's a complicated situation, but Joab sees that it would be better for David were he to reconcile with his son, that David would be happier if he had Absalom at least back in his life. He can't have both sons back in his life. One is dead. One is gone. And so he devises this plan. He gets this woman and has her say all sorts of wonderful things about my lord the king. So many times have we heard my lord the king in this. But she also tells him this story, the story of her own sons, how one killed the other and now she's going to lose her last son and her husband's name will go away. There would be no one to carry on the family name. Her husband's dead and now both sons would be dead. And so she says, wouldn't it be better if the one who was alive was forgiven? Wouldn't it be better if we didn't kill them all? Wouldn't it be better if we didn't add to the destruction if we didn't add to what has happened, the death of this second son. 
And the king sees wisdom in this. And so she then at that point springs this word trap and says basically, well, you have this situation. You have two sons. One killed the other. If this would be good for me, why isn't this good for you? Why shouldn't you bring back Absalom? and forgive him? Why shouldn't you be reconciled with the son who is alive still? And David sees right through this at this point. He sees that this is the hand of Joab in this. And so he brings Joab and he says, yes, I'll do what you say, but I won't see him. You can bring him back to Jerusalem. He can be part of the city. He can be part of the people, but I will have no part in him. And so Joab brings back Absalom, and Absalom lives for two years in this state where he is not forgiven, he is not rejected completely, nor accepted at all. And so he finally tries to get Joab to come, and Joab won't come, so he sets his field on fire. Um, That will get someone's attention. I'm not sure that that's the recommended pathway of getting someone's attention, but Joab does come at this point, and he says, I want to see my father's face, even if it's to see my father's face one last time while he pronounces sentence on me. If he's going to find me guilty, let him find me guilty. If he's going to find me innocent, find me innocent, but I have to have this situation resolved. And so the king finally does meet with Absalom, And he kisses him. He restores that relationship. Again, this would be a great story of reconciliation if this were the last word between these two people here in this book. But as we'll see next week, this story gets more complicated. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Jesus wants our fears to launch us toward faith. Then he grins and says, Do you trust me? Because together, we can do this. With Mornings with Jesus, you can start your day in a positive way. Find hope through inspirational stories and scripture. Go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Mornings with Jesus. You can also download the Abide app for biblical meditations at abide.com.